did. <laughs> oh my gosh, I finally figured this out. Oh gosh, I, I was like, I, I was on earlier. I was like, just in case I had to figure something out. Well, we are live, believe it or not. This is already Great. going out, but it's good to see you. And see we you. are resuming episode five of the Drink Like a Lady podcast. How have you been, Kathy? Well, you know, I've been busy and um, sort of taking on, uh, you know, my own family issues, but I'm so good to, uh, glad to be back. I, I truly miss these weekly calls that we have and what we share with our audience. Absolutely. Well, in this, th this is now our third season of Drink yes. Like a Lady, and we are talking this season about where are the opportunities now that we are transitioning out of the pandemic. And really, truly, what is it that uh, women leaders need to be mindful of? And I know that you have some of your own experience that you wanted to weigh in before we get into kind of those six things. I think the experience really is that, you know, we currently are coming out of a pandemic, global crisis in terms of the economy. Um, and, you know, to be a great leader, it means more than just having the skills of management. It really means the empathy, the compassion. It's understanding, you know, what everyone is up against. And that's all individualistic. So, um, I think the transition back is so powerful for women as long as they truly own what they can bring to the table. Absolutely. And for those of you that are watching, this is the Drink Like a Lady podcast where we are talking about how women can get a seat at the bar and get a seat in the boardroom. So today, as we talk about the transition back and where the opportunities lie, number one is that the burnout is real, Kathy. There's some statistics around this, and I would love for you to share what they are. You know, when I started to work on this with you and, and we had brainstorming and then I did some um, additional research, 75% of U.S. workers are in burnout stage. And that is because everything was upended last year immediately. And even our personal life, you know, we were up against a wall. So can you imagine that if you were to bring in your team that 75% are in burnout? And what that means is lack of productivity. It means a lack of mindfulness awareness and the ability to be progressive for your company. In addition, we know that Asian, um, that the Asian Pacific regions are looking at 30% of burnout rate. And we do a lot of business within that region. So, you know, this is a global, I always like to use challenge. It's a problem right now, but it's a challenge for us as leaders to take a good hard look at it. But where the opportunity lies is that women by their very sort of natural uh, way are compassionate. They know how to demonstrate a level of empathy. They are natural collaborators. So really truly creating a culture where there's more listening involved yes. is within the female leadership wheelhouse. And that's where the opportunity lies. You know, I, I was um, visiting my daughter out in Ohio and she had some of her, her women friends come over and they were talking to me and they were just seeking this type of information. We were talking about mental health. We were talking about for all of us, not only still trying to have positions within companies, but also how do we not only help ourselves, but how do we help others as, as we move forward? And you talked about something called understanding day that was held at Mace. Yes. What is that? Well, actually, it's Understanding Week. They had a week of understanding for Macy's. And I, of course, the minute she said it, I was like, 
okay, tell me more, tell me more. And it literally was a series of webinars that went on all week. And um, what was interesting at the end of it, she said, we were told that basically you could cancel any other meeting because you needed to know it, to, to know more about the understanding of other individuals. They talked about conscious and unconscious bias. They talked about cultural differences. They talked about managing up, managing down. What does that look like? They also talked about, and we're going to get into this in the future, is they talked about we do not leave ourselves at the door when we come to work. And that is so important for us to understand. At the end of my my you know, 45 minute conversation with her. I was doing some coaching um, as I normally do for any woman that I meet. Um, she also said that, you know, for her, she said it was so eye opening mm -hmm. that it is an awareness that that company, Macy's, which is one of my alma maters, was so in front of what we need to do. So it's really creating space for that listening Absolutely. and what understanding week was. Yeah. And this brings us to our next opportunity, which is that anybody that is a people manager is probably going to be front and center moving forward because this person, yes. man or woman, yes. needs to have the skills to be able to manage people, listen to people, and make sure that the existing management also is doing that listening. So, you know, there was always this sort of tension between hard skills and soft skills. And if you remember, people say, oh, you know, well, the soft skills don't matter to the bottom line. And I've given at least a half a dozen lectures on this. It absolutely makes a difference. It makes a difference in terms of what the resistance is to change, the resistance, which is what we have. We, everything was upheaved last year. Um, and then being able to listen. I call it um, open to listening and being able to, to find out really what's going on behind someone's lack of performance or lack of skills at that point. Lots of times it's not that they don't have it, that they're the vulnerability, which you talked about, let them be vulnerable, let them trust you to make the right decisions to move forward in a team. I think it's also identifying who the people managers are, because that's a yeah. certain skill set. I don't know that I necessarily have it. I, I'm working on it, but I just think that there are certain people that were born to be people managers. And if you're not, it's identifying those people and hiring them. And it's so key. If you if you work on a team, and I've said this to people, I've asked them, what are the best teams you've ever worked on? They go, well, we all work together. We listen to each other. You know, it wasn't about the ego. It really was about the, the end objective, the vision of where they were going together. Um, right. And anyone was willing to step in. It's It's very vital. So opportunity number one is that there's just going to be more of a culture where employees can have a voice and be more vulnerable and honest. Number two, that this is really a day in the sun for people managers because we need them now more than ever, given the exactly. level of burnout and concerns about mental health. Number three is those folks that work in jobs where there's a lot of proximity those jobs are about to change very drastically as people are coming back. And the interesting opportunity there is that AI is going to start playing a bigger and bigger part. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Those companies that actually were in front of it or were open to getting into more of that AI space and saying, how do we actually parallel human beings? Human beings aren't going away. That's not happening. You know, we still are still key strategic positions that are available. But what's important to understand in this is that the AI is going to dra um, drive more efficiencies as well. And one of the things I did want to say when we talk about physical proximity, I know that individuals now talking to so many 
indiv individuals who are working or, or were working from home, they were like, you know what, I I'd like to go back, but I want to go back on a limited basis. Right. I don't want to make it back to that whole rat race that we were involved in before. And what dovetails nicely out of that is that there are still certain things that need to be done in person, like yes. critical business decisions, negotiations, brainstorming, yes. getting sensitive feedback, onboarding new employees. I mean, I'm in front of my membership all week long. And the biggest challenge that a lot of people see is I'm onboarding this new employee, but how do I make them feel like they're part of the culture that I've built when we're not all in the same room? And culture really comes from being in the same room. And that's so true. And in your first day at, at work, you know, you take them to, to lunch and you get to know more about them personally. They say that really, and we know this from Zoom calls, you know, there's Zoom call fatigue and that's happening too. Uh, individuals are, are actually craving that human uh, touch that, and I don't mean, you know, t touch in terms of those conversations one-on-one. -on -one. So very critical. The next opportunity is that Amazon has turned a next day delivery into a real thing, but really the opportunity for e-commerce has grown two to five times since pre-pandemic levels. And so this shift is, is just creating a whole new ecosystem of jobs that weren't, that maybe were there before, but are really there now. Well, they're highlighted. And that's the point. The point that, you know, when we say, oh, my God, you know, uh, my daughter was telling me that she got wallpaper on Amazon. I'm like, wallpaper on Amazon. OK, that's, that's interesting. You know, I never thought to go to Amazon for wallpaper with everything else. Um, then when I started looking at Amazon for this for our, our session today, you know, there's they're working in pharmaceuticals. They're now working on those type of deliveries. You we can actually depend on Amazon a lot more to have inventory and get it to us as quickly as possible than our local stores anymore. I'm not saying that I don't agree that we, I think local stores are still going to be critical for us and they may actually morph into something else. But here is Amazon changed the flavor of how we shop. And also the fact that it's not cost prohibitive. Right. You know, even when you go to the vitamin shop or if you go to um, Tarte, which is, a, you know, a makeup concealer I use, yeah. the shipping is so prohibitive versus going to Amazon's. And, and the fact that I know I'll have it the next day and it'll actually get here is, is really morphing everybody's expectations of e-commerce. It's going to really impact who you choose to shop with. So you get Amazon, you, you order it, it comes the next day or within two days, right? They tell you when it's delivered, they show you a picture of it, so you know it happened. And then if you go to reorder it, you have the same color or the same product, all you have to do is hit buy again. Um, right. All of these are about doing what we what are, you know, very knee-jerk reactions, so you don't have to think about it. So we're able to think about and do additional uh, activities. How about how long does it take to get to a retailer? You know, right. getting in the car, waste of you know, wasting gas. I, I call it wasting gas, but you know, uh, my time is an asset. So I like to make the most of it. I'd rather be reading a book or sitting outside or enjoying a glass of wine. <laughs> in China, e-commerce delivery and social media jobs grew more than 5.1 million during the first half of 2020. I found that in a uh, McKinsey report. Mm. So opportunity number five is demand for workers in the healthcare space and the STEM space. And this is supposed to grow more than it has in pre-pandemic pre levels, not only as our population is aging, but also because our incomes are rising. Well, I think, you know, this is really a natural transference 
of what is now going to be important to us. This whole pandemic, the whole COVID-19, I just finished uh, a book called The Premonition, and it talks about how our system, our healthcare system, really needs to be fine-tuned. It was very much about preventative in the past, not preventative, but actually it was about reactive. Now it's very much going to be about actionary. What can we do ahead of this? So we need very bright individuals. We need people who can see that visionaries um, and be intuitive about where that's going. Very important going forward. And really embracing technology. Like I don't think that the industry has embraced it before. I think there are parts of it, um, but I think just really embracing, developing, innovating new technologies. And I think that 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 that's the opportunity in the healthcare and STEM space. Yes, absolutely. And so then we're at number six, which is uh, more flexible and innovative working models. I think you teed this up earlier, but yes. I think it's interesting that now you aren't just beholden to somebody who is in the metro area. You can find somebody in Atlanta. Uh, someone was telling me a story about a Microsoft hire recently, and they were able to hire a real superstar from Atlanta who was not going to move to Redmond. But they can do that now because our 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 bumper guards around what we think is a good hire have changed dramatically. And what that does is it actually allows companies to upskill what they're looking for, to get their teams at a level that they envision. Those companies that have that forethought right off the bat are going to take advantage of this new opportunity, you know, in terms of any place, anywhere, um, and bringing really strong individuals together. Also, really smart driven individuals want to work with really smart driven individuals mm-hmm. been there done that it is it is something that it makes work actually a lot of fun and i think about somebody who's maybe in a detroit or somebody who's in a minneapolis like not in one of the top 10 cities yeah. this now gives somebody like that an opportunity to work with those great minds in a way that they probably wouldn't have done before because they didn't want to leave where they live And, you know, that goes for dual income families or individuals who are also taking care of their elders. Um, They now don't have to make absolute big decisions for and uproot their entire family, but they can make a very, very strong um, decision in terms of where they want to work outside of the fact of moving. So diversity of talent and diversity of thought is the real opportunity because we aren't beholden to people that are just in the local area. Exactly. Um, Kathy, next week, we are going to be talking about something else, which is psychological safety. Why is that important? Well, that's really important because, quite honestly, everything um, was uprooted last year. Any type of control was completely out of control. CDC controlled us. We couldn't go out. You know, all of this became something that we there was no way we control, could control our lives anymore. At some point, we couldn't even get the basics, you know, and, and that had to be uh, you know, rerouted as well for especially Amazon and some of these retailers. But what's important is people are still feeling that effect. They're still feeling things are still quite not out of control, in control. So what psychological safety will do, and I love doing this, is you put the right t- right managers in place, you put the right leadership skills in place, and it has to start at the top. And what will happen is all of a sudden you're, you're going to have a team and, and people who want want to work for you um, right. because they're going to feel really safe to make good decisions. And also, it's an uh, you're creating an environment where there's uh, you're able to dissent, and there aren't re- repercussions for that. 
Absolutely. You know, we talked about failure at one point in, in our earlier episodes. Um, and it's important that people are able to take risks, especially with what's going on, but feel really safe in working with uh, their managers. Kathy, if anyone wants to work with you, you're a business strategist. How do they get a hold of you? They can call me directly at 609-933-7600 or at my email, Stuart Kathy as it's pictured right here on uh, the screen at gmail.com. And with me, you can always get a hold of me on social media. I'm at Joya Das. No punctuation in between the first and last name on Twitter, on Instagram. You can always email me at info at joyadas.com. Kathy, we'll see you next week. Thank you, Joya. Have a great week.